This episode of the Cinema Vention Podcast is brought to you by Rotting Wonk, RozJ001, Jack Wolf, and Wearmall 3. If you want to become one of the names listed, go support the show today at patreon.com slash wscottis1. Hi, I'm wscottis1, and I have not seen the movie Office Space. Increasing his cultural IQ, one movie at a time. This is Cinemavention. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cinemavention podcast, where we review and discuss classic movies that I should have seen long ago. Today, we'll be discussing the movie Office Space, which my guest has seen before. He is the creator of the modern version of Showbot.tv, the tool that many creators use, and works an office day job, which should give him some expertise on this movie. Please welcome my fellow Diamond Club moderator, Preston Monroe, a.k.a. BioCow. How are you doing, man? I'm good. Thanks for having me on, Willie. Absolutely, man. I uh, I couldn't have think of a better person to uh, to cover office space because because uh, you uh, you have worked many uh, office jobs in your time, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, uh, specifically at credit unions, which this uh, movie kind of takes place in. So uh, I know it, it's uh, close to my heart and it's it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And we will definitely get into that because there's a lot <laughs> of good things to say about this movie. Uh, before we do that, though, as we always do, I like to give some stats before we get into things. So let's go ahead and do that. Office Space is available for rent or purchase on all major internet distributors, and you can find it streaming on Amazon Prime Video. Office Space was released by 20th Century Fox on February 19th, 1999. The movie was directed by Mike Judge and stars Ron Livingston, Jennifer Aniston. Get ready for this. Ajay Naidu. Hopefully I got that right. <laughs> Stephen Root and Gary Cole. The movie had a budget of $10 million and only made $12.2 million in theaters, which is which on paper doesn't sound that great because it barely broke even. Although um, it appears just like some of the other movies we've covered on this show that it had way more success outside of the theater than in the theaters um, and has become a cult classic when it became... Uh, available on demand uh is is that um is that a fair uh assessment preston that's my experience this is definitely a cult classic to me it, uh i had not heard of it in 1999 i didn't you know go see it in the theater i think about 2001 um i heard about it i think it was on basic cable or something and i saw it and fell in love with it instantly uh had to get the dvd and and just watched it over and over again i'd say uh, just guessing, I, I watched it last night in prep, prep for this uh, podcast, but I think that would probably be at least my 15th to 17th viewing of the movie. And it's uh, oh, wow. you know, almost 25 years old at this point. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and and we'll get into this a little bit more, but um, it's surprising how many things are still relevant today, even though it was 25 years ago that this film was made. Um, yeah, it, it's actually pretty nuts. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but speaking of the director, Mike judge, um, I wanted to point out, um, and we found this out, um, in the IMDB, uh, after the watch party and basically, uh, Mike judge actually released an animated short, I believe also called office space in 1992. Um, and it was featured on Saturday Night Live and a few other uh, places. 
Um, and the short has a lot of the same lines and mannerisms as the character Milton. And mm-hmm. Mike Judge actually voices all of the characters in this short, too. So if if you've already seen the movie, um, there's no point in watching this. But if you haven't watched the movie yet, first of all, we are going to be spoiling it. You, you, you <laughs> do realize that, right? But secondly, uh, um, <laughs> if you haven't watched the movie yet, go watch this short first. Because I think it's a, a perfect like prep for this movie, you know. Yeah, definitely, I, I actually saw it first on uh, Liquid Television on MTV, which is also, of course, where Beavis and Butthead uh, premiered and, and played. Um, and I don't remember; I thought it was called Milton on Liquid Television, but it may have had a different name when it was on SNL. So, yeah, yeah, IMDb has it listed as Office Space. So, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. just going off of off of what IMDb says. I mean, yeah, if there's there's any different names or if you know of any other different names uh email at cinemavention.com uh let us know on that um but uh but yeah like i said man i they just they get they got everything right in this movie they just got office culture right um you know all the way to the very beginning where you start out in morning rush hour traffic um like including that guy on the walker walking faster than the traffic yes I, I, I have to imagine L.A. This is L.A. every day of the week. <laughs> it's got to be. that. I, I uh, grew up in Northern California, made many trips to L.A., and I cannot stand the traffic down there. Um, I know Bay Area traffic isn't much better, but, uh, you know, at least I grew up with it. L.A. traffic, yeah, the, the classic, uh, you know, try to pick which lane you want to be in, and that's always the slowest lane. It's just Murphy's Law at work and uh, <laughs> nails that perfectly. Yeah, absolutely. I I actually found out, by the way, um, that this uh, film was actually filmed in Dallas and Austin, Texas, funnily enough. So so what do you know? Um, I will say, too, I I mean, having um, having now traveled to Austin before, like, yeah, I mean, that actually that actually would make sense in Austin, I will say, in terms of the traffic being crazy out there, too. I mean, granted, it's not as bad as L.A. traffic by any means, but. You, you could definitely simulate that in in Austin traffic for sure. Yeah, definitely. And and watching it last night, I hadn't really thought about where it was filmed, but, uh, you know, checking out some of the street uh, scenes and the the office park where it's, you know, the, the building sp- supposedly takes place. Uh, it very looks looks a lot like Austin, actually. So I could see that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no. I, yeah. After I saw that it was filmed in Austin. Yeah. I like you said, I definitely like. I definitely saw it and I was like, yeah, no, that adds up. That's that looks like Austin. <laughs> yeah, even there's a scene where they're they're walking back from lunch and they walk through like a dip and you don't you don't see those in California. That's a really mm. Austin thing. Yeah, or yeah. A Texas thing probably. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um I and every time, like I, I, I will say, like he, he walks into the office and he gets electric he get he gets static shocked by the static electricity, and in the wintertime, this always gets me without fail like i will even try to like prepare for it like you know you do Mm -hmm. the whole like you you rub your hand on something like that's not non-conductive and it still freaking gets me man every time like oh yeah every single time i I used to take my jacket and kind of put it over my hand and try and do the handle and inevitably it slips and your finger touches it anyway it's just it's terrible yeah, it's like and it's like even if you do prepare and you do everything right, it's still not enough and you still get shocked. It's like 
every time. But he was just like, I love how he's just like so careful. And then boom, (laughs) it's like, and and he just has that like pissed off look on his face. He's like, ugh. (laughs) What happened to me, we'll get more into cubicles later, but it would, it would happen to me walking up to someone's cube to talk to him and just rest my hand on the, on the wall of the cubicle. And that would zap me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, yeah, it's it's speaking of cubicles, actually, I will say this cubicle setup at this office, like when I saw this in the in the film, it very much reminded me of my dad's old workplace. Um, my dad worked at um, at an like an IT sort of place. I'm, I'm not exactly sure. I don't remember what it was, um, but he worked there for many, many years when we were kids um, before uh, before he moved on to other positions and I got to go a couple of times and I, I, I always have fond memories of just like I would just come in there and my dad would be doing his work and I would be playing like it. it and it was always like late at night when everyone had left. So it was like empty. So I got to play like computer games or I'd watch like a movie or something on a laptop while my dad was worked at his office. But that building looks almost exactly like my dad's old office space exactly like down to the cubicles exactly it's pretty much exactly looks just like what where i worked i mean i i worked in a cubicle farm you know it's kind of a name for it sometimes but uh yeah all the cubicles are uniform and exactly the same and people put little things up on the walls to try and customize it for themselves but you know when you step step back and you just look at it they're all cookie cutter and it uh, we used to do something. Uh, I worked in a call center for a while with cubicles like that. We used to call it prairie dogging, where you you pop up over the cubicle and kind of <laughs> look around. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I could say that. No, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> of course, prairie dogging also has some other connotations, but you know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the the scene um, where Peter takes down his wall. Uh, probably jump it ahead a little bit, but um, yeah, I actually yeah. did customize my cube one time so so they put me in a cubicle that's right next to a window unfortunately i was facing this way and the window was behind me so Mm. what i did was i found somewhere in the office they had a little four foot uh uh, folding up table so i came in one day with my electric drill and i took out the uh table um where i'm supposed to be sitting with my computer and i put the desk set up a couple feet out from that and i sat with my back against the cube wall with my computer on the table and I had a nice view out, out the window. Nice. <laughs> so See, I didn't take down a wall, but I, I did customize my cube a bit. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. He, he probably took customization to the, to the extreme on that end for sure. Right. <laughs> um, would you ever have a coworker? So uh, let me ask you this, Preston, would you ever have a coworker that would have their radio on a little too loud? Luckily, I, I never had that issue with the radio. Um, most people either, popped in headphones or, or um, I don't think we had music playing over the, the, the speakers or anything like that. Most people had headphones, but I did sit next, sit next to a coffee slurper for quite a while. Oh was, uh, yeah. Just all day from, you know, 8am to, to 4pm. You just sit there and. Oh no. <laughs> right oh, on no. the other side of my cube. Oh yeah. no. Oh, that's so bad. <laughs> No, but because that's my thing too. Because um, I believe it was uh, was it Milton who uh, who was doing the radio thing? Yeah, I believe. Milton yeah, was, was allowed Milton. to listen to his radio from nine to eleven at a reasonable level because uh, Sharon can listen to her headphones at a reasonable level. 
Right. So well, but yeah, because before I uh, because before I figured out how uh, how let's just say crazy Milton is, you know, I, uh, <laughs> I before I knew that information in my head, I was just like, yeah, yeah, just wear some headphones, asshole. Like, what's your problem? <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, his he's very he's very pedantic in that you know somebody tells him he can listen, so he can listen. You know, as he has permission, so he's going to do it. So yeah, yeah, it's just one of those. This is one of those like you're uh, you're you're doing it because you 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 said you could, you know, yeah. or yeah, you were told you could. So there and and so there are multiple bosses, quote unquote. Like he uh, oh, yeah. he he even says like he has. It seems like he has multiple bosses. And they're all telling him the same thing about those damn DPS reports. Like it's the same exact line from all of them. And it, and those damn t- it, it, get those damn TPS reports done, Preston. Come on, what are you doing? Yeah, luckily I didn't have to uh, report to eight different bosses. I did uh, for quite a while. I was in charge of our company's website, and uh, you did have multiple people coming to you for that, saying, "Can you put this up? Can you put that up?" And they conflicted with each other. This is the most important thing, and mm. so that was always a lot of fun. But at least, at least I was getting different things from multiple people, and not the same thing over and over and over again about the T- TPS reports. Or the it's actually even just the cover sheet for the TPS reports, which is even more it's ridiculous. Not, it's not know? even the reports; it's just the <laughs> damn cover sheet. Oh. What are, by the yeah. way, what are TPS reports anyway? Like I, people were telling me in the watch party that it, that that was kind of just a catch-all term and it doesn't really mean anything. Yeah, I mean, in business like that, there's all kinds of uh, you know acronyms and and shortcuts and things like that. If you've ever watched Friends, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Chandler talks about the the Weenus, the W E N U S report. Weekly, <laughs> or uh, yeah, weekly. I can't remember what it stands for now. Weekly net. And then there's the anus report, which is the annual net usage statistics. The anus report. <laughs> of course, it's the anus report. <laughs> oh, of course, the anus report. Yeah, I, I did look it up because I, I was curious uh, um, what TPS report stands for. Um, according to Mike Judge, he says it stands for test program set. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, that that adds that adds up. That adds up because they're working at a bank, like they're dealing with computers. No, I, I get that. Yeah, that makes sense. No, they're engineers so they have to run test programs and things like that so yeah kind of makes sense in that sense yeah yeah for sure so i gotta ask so this uh, is this movie uh, is this movie where the phrase sounds like someone has a case of the mondays was popularized i'm sure i'm sure it was said way before this movie but i wonder if this movie made it more common vernacular uh, it was is there an, is that the case or is there something else that yeah, I would have to guess that. I can't. I don't know. Yeah, I had not heard it before that movie, uh, but then they they harp on it so much in the movie that it it just becomes annoyingly funny. Uh, you know, to the point that even the guy at uh, that works at Chachkis, the annoying guy Brian, is uh, even saying it. Oh, it looks like someone has a case of the Mondays. You know? Yeah, right. Yeah, it becomes the common uh, phrase. And, and it, it's funny because it's like I feel like people will say it even when it's not Monday, <laughs> which is ironic oh, yeah. that we are recording this on a Monday. It happens to be, but uh, but, but yeah, no, every it, it, you'll everyone will say it even though it's not Monday. It's yeah, it's the stupidest thing. You know, I could uh, I could see how annoying that would be. Well, and there's a there's a line. Uh, this is uh, Peter's neighbor Lawrence. He mm. actually asked Lawrence, who's a construction worker, kind of a guy, a tough guy. 
and he uh, asked Lawrence, hey, has anybody ever said to you, got a case of the Mondays? And he's all, fuck no, shit no. I think you'd get your ass kicked for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he, yeah. It sounds like he would. Uh, it sounds like he would. He would kick ass if he heard that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, as we both know, we're both techno- technology fanatics. As we both know, the printers never freaking work ever. Yep. I, I, I don't think. I don't think I've ever seen a printer actually work the first time, ever, ever, or like. Or if you do multiple copies, it's like it'll never work 100% of the time. Like, oh, yeah. if, if you have, like, maybe one page that you do, maybe it'll it'll work. But, like, a, a, like every single time they fail. And, of course, when they do inevitably break, they, <laughs> they give you the strangest error imaginable. And you have no idea how the hell to fix it. Always. I, I hate printers. I hate. Uh, the other one is mapped drives that always, you know, they break and you have to set them up again and you can't, you can't yeah. walk someone through that over the phone. You have to actually go to their computer and do that. But the printers, I've got a, you know, home printer here over my shoulder and that one all the time, you, you, you get it all set up, you hit print and you think it's going to print properly. And then all of a sudden it prints front and back instead of two separate pages <laughs> or vice versa. And you're like, ah, oh, come on. You have to do it again. <laughs> yeah. It's, no. it's why I irritating. don't, uh, it's why it's why I refuse to print anything unless I'm unless I'm required to. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like definitely. I'm I'm sending you I'm sending you the document digitally. Deal with it. <laughs> also, um, yeah, yeah, like you said, uh, they had uh, so yeah, you have the errors that don't work. Um, what what was the other thing you mentioned? Because I had a really good point about um, oh, map drives. Oh yeah, map drives. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, no, I. Yeah. But like this side note, like Apple has Apple has network drives figured out. They have they make it so easy to do that. Mm-hmm. Why does Microsoft insist on having you map a network drive? Like that is Apple has figured this shit out, and Microsoft still requires you to map a network drive. I don't understand. I'm dealing with that at my actual job right now, where I not had access to a map drives for about three weeks and it cannot figure it out. So yeah, no. I, yeah, it's just terrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Micro- yeah. Microsoft. Uh, yeah. App, uh, Microsoft can learn a thing or two about literally everyone else who does network drives. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so, uh, coming into the office on Saturday and Sunday, I, this was such mm-hmm. a, this was such a funny trope throughout because, uh, you know, because you have uh, you have Peter trying to get out of it, like trying to get out of working Saturday and Sunday by like, you know, getting a, by like bolting out the door on Friday. Uh, have you ever tried that strategy, uh, Preston, um, uh, d- uh, to get out of getting on the week of working on the weekends? Luckily, I never had to work weekends. Um, I never had a boss who really asked me to do that. Um, I have volunteered to work on weekends occasionally, but um never had to sneak out to get out of it. Uh, I did used to sneak out early occasionally. And uh, I have a tip for anybody who might want to do that. Ooh, and this is this. So in uh, Microsoft Outlook, you can actually delay the sending of an email. Uh, so it won't send before a certain date and time. So if you want to take off at two o'clock and make it look like you're working, set up a couple of emails, set one to go out at 2.33, another one to go out at 2.56, you know, another one at 3.42 mm. in the afternoon. Looks like you're still working for that two hours you've been out of the office. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
you, you always get the best life advice from Sin of Avention people. <laughs> <laughs> Another good one is bring an extra jacket, leave it hanging on the back of your chair. Because then people think, oh, he's still here. His jacket's here. Oh, genius. <laughs> that's so 500 IQ. Oh, that's great. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, we mentioned it earlier, but poor Melton always getting his desk moved in the movie. Like, dude, he's just, dude, he, he's like the literal punching bag of this movie, unfortunately. Uh, obviously, that you know him get getting his desk moved all that like all that time like the the number of times he did like that obviously that was heavily over exaggerated for the movie's sake right but right. has this ever happened to you preston i'm sure it has um yes yeah, so cubicle uh musical chairs is a thing it's a real thing that happens and uh you know we'll have uh the cubicle farm set up and everything. And then all of a sudden your boss or your manager goes, you know what? I think that you're working with this person a lot. So you should actually be sitting next to them. So can you move your cube over here and this kind of thing. And uh, for a short period of time, I actually got moved into an office. So I had a, a, a full on office with a door and I was like, I'm moving on up. This is actually really nice. But mm. uh, about eight months later, they hired a new, new manager and that manager needed not even in our department, that manager needed an office because they were a manager. Well, of uh, course so they, they did. Me out of the yeah. office. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, so they can't. They can't be. They can't be put into the cubicle. No way. <laughs> yeah. So I got kicked out and relegated to a cubicle, and that's actually when I, I found a cubicle near a window and spun my desk around. And I said, "If I can't have an office, I'm taking a cube by a window." <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> hey, you know, yeah, got to assert your dominance somewhere, right? <laughs> yep. But uh, but but Milton also like you know the fact that he keeps having like. He, he he still hasn't gotten a paycheck and he keeps getting bounced around from HR to his boss back to his HR. And like, it's seemingly a never ending cycle of this throughout the entire movie. I still don't think he's gotten paid to this day. Like, I, I think <laughs> I think he's there somewhere out there. He still hasn't gotten paid. Oh, except he, except gets, he kind gets of gets paid eventually. Does. Yeah, except he yeah, does he get paid his. eventually, I suppose. <laughs> Three hundred seven thousand five, whatever that number was, I had it written down somewhere. But yeah, um, yeah, that poor guy. He gets he at one point he gets put down in the basement, and uh, his boss Gary Cole uh, uh, Lumberg actually tells him to take care of the cockroach problem. He says, like, "Yeah, get a flashlight and kind of dig around in there and some spray and take care yeah. of that." Uh, and of course, yeah, we can't forget the fact that he uh, that his stapler got stolen, which kind of becomes like a, a an essential prop to the movie. Oh, you've got one! Oh. If you're watching the video, uh, Preston has a little red stapler he's holding up right now. <laughs> so I've got my red stapler, and then actually my wife has her red stapler that is actually Adobe branded because uh, she used to work with Adobe. Oh, so that's awesome! Two of them in the house. Oh, that's great! Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, people have been sharing their red stapler pictures in the Cinemavention Discord. Uh, share I'll, your I'll share own, mine. yeah, share your own, everybody. Discord.cinemavention.com and share share those red stapler photos. Uh, if I remember, maybe I'll put a few of them on the screen here. Um, but Milton also, I, I, I feel like I think it, I think it's fair to say that he's kind of like the crazy person that. You know, that everyone in the office warns upper management about him. Like he's he's that kind of guy, right? Like like he he's he's a little crazy. He's a little nuts. <laughs> yeah, he's he's 
got his issues. He's not, he's not quite all there. He's a little, little shy and a little uh, underspoken, but uh, you know, eventually everybody's got their breaking point and uh, you know, he definitely found his. Yeah. Yeah. This <laughs> breaking point was, was this go rogue and set the whole building on fire, you know, oh, which yeah. by the way, effectively saved Peter Samar and Michael Bolton's asses because he kept you know, like it, it, like it saved them from getting, you know, arrested because <laughs> because of that confession letter, you know. So oh, yeah, pretty much. It's he 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 destroyed the evidence, uh, probably even the the virus software that was in there, and yeah, you know that that was the the climax of the movie there, right? But he had to make sure he ke- he kept the money though, you know. <laughs> yeah, he 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 really just kind of stumbled upon that if you think about it, because he he walked right over it in the scene that you see him in and. Uh, I, that's a great scene because Mike Judge keeps you guessing. Did he? Did he just walk over it? Does he pick it up? What happened to the money? You know, you see the burning building and he's out there, and, and you're like, "What happened to the money? Did it burn up?" We don't find out till the very end. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and, and he he still keeps that act up later. He's like, he's like, I could. Uh, what did he say? He said, "I could, uh, I could um, evict you could or shut something." This resort down. Yeah. yeah, shut it down or something. Yeah, yeah. No, he, yeah he's he, upset about his his drinks on the beach, and he's like, "I could I could report you to the Better Business Bureau or something." Like that. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, no, it's yeah, you know. And, and honestly, we shouldn't have been surprised that he uh, burned the building down because number one, he kept threatening it throughout the movie that he was going to do so. But yeah. uh, but number two, <laughs> when it is up in flames, he's just kind of walking away like. <laughs> it wasn't like me. Yeah, wasn't yeah, he he's he's shagging, <laughs> Gotta <go>. right? <laughs> yeah. Slinking off, yep. Yeah, yeah, I know. He, yeah, he slips away with the buddy. He uh he doesn't <laughs> without a trace, without a trace. <laughs> yep. Oh man. Good old Milton. Yeah. So let's uh so I want to talk about Tom, but here's here's what's weird about Tom though, is that for some reason I I, I like this is this is this is my brain messing this up i would i for some reason i was merging tom and milton in my brain for some reason and thankfully uh thankfully folks preston was kind enough to let me know this before <laughs> we started recording um but i don't know why i was um confusing them i you know what it was for me i think it was um that scene where he um where he attempts to um, commit suicide by carbon monoxide by leaving his car running with the garage closed. I yeah. feel, I think that was the scene where I got confused because that sounds like something Milton would try to do. I, I, I don't know. Like, I think that's why I got confused. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause Tom earlier in the movie, he's, he's fighting for his job. The, the, the Bobs are there, the consultants that are coming through and kind of firing people are interviewing him. And he's like, well, well, they're, they're like, what do you do here? And he's like, well, I take the orders from the customers and then I deliver them to the engineers. And then they're like, well, can't they just give them directly to the engineers? He's like, no, no, the engineers aren't people, per, people persons, you know, <laughs> I'm a people person and only I could do that. And, yeah. and you need me. And he's like freaking out. So he's like animated and loud. But that yeah. scene where he's in the car, he's very quiet. And so, so he's, which is kind of the Milton character. So I could see I get confused there, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Uh, yeah, and he simultaneously Tom. is saying like like how much of a people person he is while also proving <laughs> how much of a people person he's not. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, and in fact, I, at one point he's like, well, so you, they ask him, so you take the, the orders from the engineers. He's like, well, no, no, my assistant does that. But, but, uh, but 
but I deliver them. And most of the time, I guess maybe sometimes like it's, it's almost like he does, doesn't do anything there. So yeah, of course the boss, I mean, are, that's impressive. That. He even has an assistant, you know? <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. yeah. What do you need an assistant for when you're, you're, you're you've got two jobs, take an order, hand off an order. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and uh, well, cause that's what was weird too is like, yeah. Cause like you said, Tom is, you know, he, he's like convinced he's getting laid off um, because of this consultant guy, which he does like he, he predicted it correctly to his credit right okay. which but then the next but the, he then proceeds to like i said get, attempt to commit suicide by carbon monoxide like jesus like where did this come right. from like that i know uh, that was quite an escalation yeah an escalation yeah. yeah 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 as 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 jay as big voice jay would say that escalated <laughs> yep like yeah it, it was like one minute he's like worrying about his job because he's worried about his future. The, the next he's like, he's so much in a mental health crisis. But yeah. he, uh, apparently he snaps out of it though when his uh, when his wife comes home though. So so that's yeah, good. His wife catches him and uh, he has a change of heart and decides, you know what, maybe maybe life's worth living. So he he backs out of the driveway and he starts living his life right. And then it proceeds to get run the fuck over by a drunk driver. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> it's like right after all of that it's like and, and it's like the 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 way they made that crash look like that makes it look like like it could be super fatal too i was like uh did he actually make it i don't know <laughs> yeah i i don't know if i didn't look into the making of but i don't know if that's a single take and he's actually in there or, or, or stunt, stunt drivers in there or if they cut it and you know got somebody out of the car and then hit it I, i'm not quite sure but it looks really good i I have to guess, I have to imagine, because this is 1999, right? So I have to assume that what they probably did is, yeah, they backed out the car, and then probably like halfway through backing out, they stopped, had the stunt driver come over, drive the rest of it out, the rest of the way out, and then get run over. Mm -hmm. I have to imagine that's how that works. Yeah, the, the only other thing I can guess is I, I'd have to watch it again to see if the car comes to a complete stop before getting hit, because they could have stopped the car. Yeah. Had you know, had the guy get out and then had the truck come through. If I remember correctly, it doesn't. Yeah, so that's still moving. Yeah, so that's why I'm. So that's why I give the argument of like they get it back enough, far enough, so that you can't tell when it switches from the stunt driver to the actual actor. Um, and that's how they do it, I imagine. So, uh, good scene though. Yeah. On the bright side, though, at least he's. It sounds like he's pretty much set for life because of this lawsuit. I mean. You know, <laughs> yeah, he gets a uh, seven-figure settlement, so at least a million dollars there, and uh, gets to make his jump to conclusions, Matt, which is just the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, it's um, like a I, weird game of Twister almost. <laughs> yeah, so Tom, really quick on this, uh, sure, I actually worked with Tom uh, in that I worked with a guy who looked a lot like him, kind of heavy set, mustache, always wore a short sleeve button-up shirt with a tie mm-hmm. and always had these wild ideas of like how he's going to be a millionaire these coming up with these ideas and everything so it was, it was actually really funny that uh <laughs> that character kind of uh had a special place for me because i worked with him i really did oh that's amazing yeah so you have that uh <laughs> it, it, i had that i had a sort of similar experience and we'll talk about this later with uh with waiting um which we covered with justin a couple episodes mm-hmm. back where uh yeah no i i related so much to like because i had worked a restaurant job and and we actually get into that a little bit 
uh, here with um, with Jennifer Aniston's character in a moment here. We it's funny because we were mentioning Friends earlier. So yeah, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So I have to imagine those large all hands on deck office meetings like look exactly like that. Like everyone's crowded around like the center of the cubicle farm, and um, <laughs> also there's probably so many of them that they are actually decreasing productivity. Which, by the way, is an actual study that was done. Like there, there is an actual study that concluded that, you know, too many office meetings actually do decrease productivity. So this isn't just like me saying it, like there's, there's research to back this up now. Oh yeah, definitely. And, and there's, I can't remember if it's, if it's in this movie or not, but there's, there's something about like having, having a meeting on how to have meetings or something like that is just kind of, you know, super meta, Mm -hmm. but um, yeah, the, the huge uh, all hands meetings, I never had that, those standups like that. We, we'd always have a company wide meeting, uh, which was uh, between 100 and 125 people all in one room. That was once a quarter, or we'd have department meetings, which my department was about 10 people and we'd have those weekly. So, so luckily I never got tied up in that. Like, uh, like what you see in the movie is, uh, you know, 50 people standing around cubicles, just watching the boss drone on about TPS reports and, uh, what's best for the company. They have a big Mm -hmm. banner. So uh, lucky, luckily never got into that, but yeah, you know, those quarterly ones were, were pretty close. You know, what's best for the company is yeah. a kind of a joke. One thing you company. did get tied up in though, was office birthday parties with everyone singing yes. so terribly off key. Like who could forget that? You know, <laughs> uh, my first week on the job at this one credit union, I worked at, I, I uh, got pulled into a birthday thing for one of the VPs and uh, you know, it was, what 20 25 people in this one room and there's cake and singing and they're passing around the cake and the vps actually handed me a piece of cake and i said oh no no thank you um i'm good i didn't want any cake or whatever so he's like <laughs> okay and uh my coworker who was kind of training me at the time he's like take the cake take the cake it's <laughs> like he's a vp always take the cake from a vp <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay sure buddy <laughs> but so also I took like the cake but so you voluntarily uh uh offered to give up your piece of cake milton not so much <laughs> <laughs> no milton he was promised a piece of cake because as in milton's words i last time i didn't get a piece of cake and i was promised that i'd get a piece of cake and and so so i i, I want a piece of cake and Milton's, uh yeah i mm-hmm. love milton he's a great character steven root doing a great job yeah there. yeah no he, yeah he did a splendid job with that role uh it's crazy too because I I I have actually have yet to work an office job and you know hopefully if this online career gains more traction <laughs> I won't ever have to but is it fair to say that this movie accurately represents like your standard typical 9 to 5 job with of course the caveat that everything might be a little over dramatized for the movie's sake like I I would have to say like I have to assume this is pretty accurate, but I haven't worked an office job. So as someone who has, what do you say? I would say it's fairly accurate. It, it's very much caricature, but um, you know, everything you've got there. So, so one example is the, uh, the Nina that sits across the hall, or, you know, across the walkway, I guess, from Peter. So uh, corporate accounts payable, Nina speaking just a moment. Uh, we have, all right. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we had one department of it was pretty much all women that sat across uh, from us and uh, they would just like chat and gossip and giggle and 
all day long and that you could hear it from over the wall and it, it was just kind of grating just listening to them all day <laughs> yeah to the yeah. point where it becomes part of peter's nightmares too <laughs> oh yes of course it becomes payable nina speaking yeah yeah yes. yeah that that's awesome so um again like i mentioned earlier uh they did actually cover working in a restaurant a little bit too like of course um we just with with the movie waiting we covered a couple episodes back obviously they covered it way more in depth about working in a restaurant which you know i do have a lot of experience and and uh yeah like i said go go listen to that episode with justin robert young if you want a little bit more detail into sort of the restaurant experience but they do have a, a few of the restaurant tropes in in this movie as well including that uh, that one overachiever who's obviously just trying to gain favor with the boss and can also be like kind of two faced. Um, I, I forget the I forget the character's name, uh, but yeah. he uh, like I, I've never experienced this personally, but I totally believe that that would happen. I mean, like 36 flares as opposed to 15 flares, like shut the fuck up. Like, like what? Why is why is that? Why is that important? Why? I yeah I think his name is Brian in the movie at least that's what I'm calling him uh but yeah, yeah, yeah. the Ch- Chachki's waiter that has you know, he's got 38 pieces of flair 37 and uh Jennifer Aniston only has 15 which is the absolute minimum that her boss the manager at Chachki's is telling her who's uh Mike Judge by the way I don't know if you you knew that but that's actually Mike Judge playing the, the oh yeah Chachki's manager so oh yeah I think um, I remember we talked about that I don't know if it was in the watch party or afterwards but yeah, yeah no you're right that is actually Mike Judge playing that character which is even which is even better yeah so I was watching that yesterday and my wife says she worked at TGI Fridays which Chachki's is kind of mm-hmm. uh, fashioned after Mm-hmm. And uh, she's like, yeah, the, the flair is real. Like if you, if you didn't have all the flair, you would get talked to it. And it had a minimum that you had to buy or had to, had to wear and you had to provide it yourself too. So you got your shirt, but they didn't give you suspenders. They didn't give you what? the bun- buttons and the pins. They didn't give you a hat. So if you wanted to put pins on a hat, you had to buy the hat yourself. And it, Oh, yeah, that's so. stupid. <laughs> and, and the minimum thing is true too. So they had a minimum. And if you just got the minimum, you'd get talked to you they'd be like, you know what? You should probably have a little bit more. So it's like, why, why have the minimum then? Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. No, that. that's yeah. No, I, I have to, I have to think that this was a direct, like a, a direct shot at TGI Fridays. Cause I don't know if anybody yeah. at any other restaurant does that. Like, I think no, it was maybe it was Frickers or Fridays. Yeah. Either maybe Frickers or B-dubs, but I haven't been to any of those in a while. So I don't know. Yeah. No, this at the time, 1999, TGI Fridays was the place to go. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that's where you hung out with your friends on Friday and Saturday, or even just got happy yeah. hour. And and if it wasn't yep, that, they, it was Chili's. <laughs> yep, Chili's was the other one. If you wanted Mexican or or uh, or um, no, that was uh, Chevy's. Excuse me, Chevy's was the next oh one. right, yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of those three. Those three yeah. were the places to go in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Although I will say, as ridiculous as it was, uh, you know, the fifteen flares like being the minimum and everything as ridiculous as that was Peter's comparison to having to wear up uh, flares, like, uh, like his comparison between that and Nazi Germany, uh, again, mm-hmm. as BBJ said, that escalated. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that one kind of made me go, <laughs> right. Dude. Yeah, no, I, yeah. Cause I was watching that. I'm like, Ooh, I don't know if that joke flies today. I don't know if it yeah. does. <laughs> 
that that might be one of the few that that might not you know it doesn't age well i think the rest of the movie uh yeah does a, a fine job at that one mm. yeah to be fair yeah no they're actually yeah, yeah i think you're right i think that's really the only thing that really is you know quote hash uh, quote unquote cancelable <laughs> right from uh from this movie you know like yeah everything else is for the most part is pretty much pretty much on point you know mm-hmm. um yeah i think it was it was kind of considered dark humor at the time but yeah it's a little little too much nowadays yeah yeah for sure so uh by the way speaking of uh big voice jay uh um he mentioned that they got the passive aggressiveness of the office right i and i i totally agree with that uh what about you yeah uh definitely there's always passive aggressive you know the 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 slurper who drank his coffee too loud i couldn't really talk to him about it because it's kind of inappropriate that's just how he drinks his coffee i can't be like don't Mm -hmm. change the way you drink but um (laughs) earlier i mentioned that i worked with a guy that was just like the tom character the the jump to conclusions guy we also had a woman in our office who was born in Iraq and moved here when she was uh, before she was 10, but she had some anger issues and she was a little bit scary at times. And if you made her mad, uh, she wasn't afraid to tell you. And uh, we, we used to joke with her. Uh, there's a little bit of dark humor here, here too. Uh, we used to joke with her that uh, if you make her mad, you need to check underneath your car before you actually start it at the end of the day. Ooh. <laughs> wow okay again this was this was (laughs) early 2000s so yeah i've definitely i i have definitely uh have like worked with those people like i I, and i've worked with those people too who are who will get like 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 absolutely like like red hot angry at you if you if you mess up but are Mm. but are otherwise the nicest people ever like i have definitely Mm. had those people that i've interacted with in my life yeah. too. So she would kind of audibly huff under her, her voice or, or you could you know, see her roll her eyes at you. Uh, there was one time I worked with her for about a year and a half before I really gained, garnered her uh, approval. And I did something that helped out a situation she was in. Cause we worked both in it, but kind of in separate uh, areas and she was having trouble with something and I helped her fix it. And her comment to me was, well, I guess you're not completely useless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. so I, I took that as a win <laughs> yeah i mean hey you know you take your wins where you can get them right <laughs> yeah so here 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 here's what i will say i do have this is kind of a minor complaint granted but i know it's i know it's a movie and we're dealing with movie time but even for movie time this seems a, a little too early to be taking a lunch break already like i mean because i have to assume in like it, it was only like five ten minutes but in movie time it was probably closer to like an hour two hours <laughs> but even then it's mm. like it seems it still seems a little too early for a lunch break although maybe they have a little bit more flexibility when it comes to when they take their lunch breaks over there maybe yeah um i didn't really have a set lunch so uh i as long as you get your work done uh i mean kind of when you feel like leave when you feel like and uh just make sure you're getting things done but i've taken lunches at 10 30 or 11 sometimes just because uh i was meeting somebody for lunch and that's the time that worked for them so yeah I, yeah I, I, but i agree with you movie time it was probably uh must have been a, a, a cut there or something like that yeah maybe yeah it had uh, to have been like 9 30 10 o'clock like movie time right like 
Like, because, yeah, because, yeah, like, even for movie time, like, that was very quick. <laughs> so, Jennifer Aniston, we mentioned, uh, we kind of mentioned her um, in passing a few times here. And, which, by the way, Jennifer Aniston is still riding off the success of Friends at this moment, which is very much still ongoing while this movie, uh, when this movie came out. Um, and she's sort of Peter's love interest in this film. And here's what I will say is that when Peter doesn't have the courage to uh, to ask someone out because they're at work, like that is so real for me. Like I I had a coworker at my last job that I had just like the biggest crush on. Like I I I I loved her so much, but I didn't approach because I didn't approach her because a I believed I was way out of her league, which. You know, that's my that's my self-confidence doubts. No, oh, no. <laughs> but B, <laughs> but B, um, I already had a good friendship with her. And if she says no, we both still have to work together. And that was going to be super awkward for me. And mm. I've definitely had way too many of those experiences before. And I did not want that at my job. And C, like, I hardly got a chance to talk with her outside of work and even really inside of work, too, because we worked on two complete opposite sides of the restaurant. So we wouldn't even get a chance to really talk to each other. The only time we would ever have a chance to talk is like after, after we were done, after my shift was done and I'd get a drink at the bar. Like that was really mm-hmm. the only time I could talk to her. Yeah. I never really worked with uh, or dated anyone I worked with. And for very much the same reasons is that it, it would be so awkward if it didn't work out for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I, I just never, never went there myself. So, yeah, and it's funny you mentioned yeah, inner office relationships, because it took me until that voicemail scene to realize that Peter's ex-girlfriend is also co-workers with him. And that's got to be crazy. Like, you know, getting a relationship in the office, like, I, I mean, I'm sure it works in some cases, but I just I can't see myself doing that. I, I just I can't. Yeah, and I, I actually never got that from the movie, honestly. So that's that's something you pointed out to me. I I, I always just assumed that the boss, you know, uh, uh, Lumber called him seventeen times on the and left seventeen messages, and then somehow maybe she was his emergency contact. But but yeah, uh, yeah, it's a good catch on your part. Yeah, well, it, well, because I loved that. <laughs> I love that when uh, I, I I also love that moment when Peter when when his ex shouts. We're through, and it makes the whole voicemail machine vibrate because of how loud it was. Like, yeah, that's an awesome shot. That, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, real quick too, I will say, um, the fact that um, I, I will say that um, Jennifer Aniston. I, I keep wanting to call her Jennifer Aniston, not her <laughs> yeah, freaking Joanna. character name, but. Yeah. But I love how, uh, but I love how she catches on to Peter's scheme like so quickly. Like, like she already knows like what's going on with this whole like. <laughs> she's like, so you're stealing, right? <laughs> Which, I, well, I, no, I, no, no. It's it's more like uh, it's it's just fractions of a penny, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I I I have a big rant about that that we're gonna get into. Jeez. Oh, uh, uh, by the way, we never really got to know what happened to her after the movie was over. Like. I presume that she's still with Peter, but you know, she quit her job too. So we, and we never, and the movie never really mentions whatever, whatever happens to her. Like we know, we know where Peter ends up. We know where his, 
um, former co-workers end up, but we don't know where Jen- uh, Jennifer was, Wait, or Joanna. We don't know where she ended up. So there is a quick scene. So so Peter goes to apologize to her about the whole Lumberg mix-up. And right. uh, he's standing outside of Tchotchke's waiting for her, but he doesn't know that she quit. So she actually comes out of uh, Flingers instead, wearing a red shirt, because she got a new job over at Flingers. Oh! And they actually make up, yeah, they make up in the parking lot, but still... So, so I think that they're still together by the end of the movie, or at least I would assume. But we don't, yeah, we don't really see her after that scene. So, oh, after the whole I didn't, I didn't thing. catch that. I, um, I, yeah. I didn't even realize that he, she had already started the other position over there. I, that complete, I completely missed that. Yeah. So, so they, they, that's the last we see of her, though. And then, then Peter goes into work. He actually tells her, "I'm going to go into work right now and confess and and put it all on me because I don't want Samir and, right. and Michael to get in trouble." And then he heads to the office and that's where we see that it's already on fire. But so we don't see Jennifer after that. So I guess we assume that they're still together. Yeah. I mean, I have to assume I, there was a scene where they were um, actually, wasn't there a scene uh, where, um, where the, where his neighbor uh, Lawrence um, and Joanna and Peter, they were all in that boat. Was that, was, was that at the end of the movie or is that somewhere in between? That was earlier on, actually. And that I, was I earlier have, on. Some okay. Comments on that, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Some thoughts on that. Um, so, uh, so of course, <laughs> of course. By the way, Peter would confuse uh his boss, uh, his boss's name with another guy of the same name that um Jennifer, mm. I'm I'm sorry, Joanna had sex <laughs> with prior, and that dream sequence, by the way, was like so fucked up the way that like. <laughs> Like, uh, yeah, that that made me cringe. Not gonna lie, but I I have to imagine that was the intended effect. <laughs> oh yeah, Gary Cole is a Lumberg, you know, shirtless and holding his coffee. That's just uh, it's so uh, creepy. No, no, no. <laughs> and that that voice that he does in the office of yeah, can you come in on Saturday? And he's using that same voice while he's having sex with her. It's funny so too you, because Mike Judge use, does that same infraction in the animated short as well. So that was very much an intentional decision by by mm-hmm. Mike Judge to do that. So yeah, that yeah, that's um, you Lundberg know, is so creepy in the bedroom or in the office. He's just creepy. <laughs> yeah, no, he is. He is. You know, I and I've never mentioned the company name at all this whole time because here's the thing: in my mind, it kind of really doesn't matter. But it's in attack in case you were somehow wondering. And I have to imagine that like the that company name is so forgetful on purpose like that. Because it really is kind of that way. Like th- there are a lot of company names where you just you, they're easy to forget, you know? Oh yeah. In attack and with their little logo of the three cubes and everything, it's so like Silicon Valley. I've got a little notepad here. Oh nice. My, yeah. Again, with my red we've stapler. Got- yeah, on the video, uh, yeah, Preston's holding a, uh, a series of sticky notes with Inatech on it with work sucks on the bottom right. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> so I got that with the red stapler and uh, yeah, it's just, uh, I love the red stapler and the, and the, the notepads. It actually came with uh, flair. It came with like 10 or 15 pins that had various uh, lines from the movie. I mean, I mean, come on, they couldn't, have, they couldn't have done more than 15 I know 30 they need 37 at least i know yeah that's, that's <laughs> they're slacking man <laughs> so i do have some gripes about this movie albeit only a few but i do have some first of all what operating system is running on these machines 
because you definitely have Mac OS being shown running on the machine. Like, uh, like you have all the Apple menu and everything like this is like the late nineties. So this is like whatever version of Mac OS that was at that time. It was probably like Mac OS eight or nine, something eight like or that. Nine, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it, which, by the way, uh, when the it, like when the computer is attempting to shut down and it's taking its sweet ass time doing so, I might <laughs> add with all those progress bars. Uh, did that ever happen? Like, I'm sure that's not as much the case these days, but back in the 90s, 2000s, I'm sure that happens all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Slow computers have always been a thing. And even even nowadays, you, you mm-hmm. get that one program that you use that's just like. You're like, okay, even Excel, you're like, okay, shut down. It's like, oh, Excel is frozen. Do you want to wait for it? Yeah, it's like, no, 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 force close it. And then it's like, okay, I am going to force close now. (laughs) Yeah. But I I always have a problem with Excel and it, 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 I have to hit force close and sometimes it even takes uh, Explorer with it. So then, you you Mm -hmm. know. Uh, desktop kind of resets and everything. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's it's definitely Mac OS running there, but then when it completely shuts down, it goes to a command prompt and asking for the C uh, drive. Uh, isn't, isn't that what you up. would need in Windows? Like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> I think that's Mike Judge having a good time with the with the movie, and just he he is he's a smart guy. Uh, I did a little research on him last night, and he actually worked in Silicon Valley for three months before he decided. You know what? it's not for me and he he went into music believe it or not he became a bass player oh really uh, after working at a silicon valley for a company for three months uh okay fair enough then yeah (laughs) maybe yeah maybe he did that to uh so that he didn't have to pay royalty fees or something i don't know but or yeah yeah, like you said for for like a the the fun factor of it i'm i suppose i don't know but it's one of those key like details that like us nerds (laughs) will notice but no no normie is going to notice that <laughs> definitely the the one that always gets me with like tvs and movies is the the you know cs csi or or ncis or 24 and they're like we need to catch this bad guy and we've got pictures of his base and they're, they're just like pushing buttons and these cool animations are all happening oh yeah who puts uh-huh. that all together who right who, who took the time to do that and uh peacemaker have you have you seen peacemaker i have not no Oh God! There's a great thing in a scene in Peacemaker where uh, uh, one of the characters, uh, Economos Diebeard, is also uh, what he gets called by Peacemaker. He put together this really bad PowerPoint uh, that basically takes the place of those really fancy ones you see on NCIS and 24, and it's just really bad with like bad swipes and explosions of like uh, it's just so bad. And yeah, they address it in that, and I felt seen because. Two things in movies that annoy me are are where did these cool animations come from? And that cup is cup is empty. That's the other one that annoys me. Is mm. when cups are clearly empty and people are waving them around and nothing floats out of it. But that's oh that's a separate, yeah 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 no that's fair. Thing. Actually, um, it, it's talking on that point because I had the same gripe in the Independence Day episode. Um, which again, a couple episodes back, go listen to that episode. But I had this gripe in in Independence Day as well, and I have it here again. Which is to say, of course, they need to call the file virus because, you know, in case anyone was confused that, oh, yeah, no, this is this file is a virus. So it's obviously called virus, right? 
Right. <laughs> and and if you're trying to hide it on the network, the best way to do that is is to name it virus. Nobody's going to be looking for that. Yeah, right? yeah. Not that not, won't set off any alarms. Yeah, no, not sus at all. No, not at all. <laughs> of course, yeah. all and of course, all it needed, all that needed to be done was to copy from a floppy disk. Mm-hmm. Hashtag only nineties kids will remember. Um, <laughs> and uh, like, it, and it's over to the main computer. Like, I don't even know if that's how that would work. Like, you, that you you can't do it like that. But I mean, it, it's nineteen ninety nine, so maybe it was simpler to do back then. I, but that doesn't seem right. Yeah, it's it's movie magic. It's insert science here, and then this happens, kind of a thing, you know. Or insert technology here, and then you've got this. So yeah, yeah, you know, it's just kind of. Going into the details on how that would work would bore most people, so of course they're not going to go into that. So yeah, but they could have made it a little bit more accurate, though. Like, like instead of calling it virus, I I don't know. That's just the biggest, my biggest gripe for me is just the fact that they call it virus. Like, come on, like right. But but also like this whole scheme that um, that Peter comes up with is like. I, I don't know. Like it, it just is. It's flawed from the start, right? Like the fact that it would take them several years before they actually saw anything substantial out of it, because it's a fraction of a couple cents. That like, like if you think about it, it's like it's like the math doesn't add up. Like that's gonna take like several years before you finally actually see anything. Like and 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 it's actually worth anything, you know. Like it's gonna take yeah. several years before you can actually use it for any good, you know. Yeah, it's really it's it's slow motion uh, embezzlement, I guess you might yeah. call it. Uh, they keep likening it to uh, Superman three, which cracks me up. <laughs> um, if if you haven't seen that movie, oh, you got to see that one. Oh yeah, uh, with Richard, uh-huh. Richard Pryor uh, comes up with the same scheme of like stealing pennies here and there to to become a millionaire. But um, yeah, they talk about a fraction of a penny and rounding, basically taking a fraction of a penny on a transaction and rounding it down. So I did some math for you because okay. I, I work in the space. I work in credit unions and that kind yep, of thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. So if you assume that a fraction of a penny could be, you know, uh, one tenth of a penny to to one or four tenths of a penny, because at five tenths you would round it up, right? Okay. okay. So let's take the average of point two pennies, right? Uh, two tenths of a penny. So if a credit union did two thousand, or excuse me, two hundred thousand transfers a month, and you took that uh, two tenths of a penny. From every single one of those, that would be four hundred dollars a month, which okay. works out to forty forty eight hundred dollars a year. So that would be forty eight thousand dollars over ten years. Okay, I right, mean, so I I will say I have had minimum wage jobs that have paid less than that. So maybe okay. then that okay. No, I could see it then. All right, hold on a second. Okay, so that's from one one credit union. So they actually don't work at a credit union. They work at a company that makes software for credit unions. Um. So if they were to load that into their software and that went out to all the credit unions that use it, let's say 100 credit unions, that works out to $40,000 a month, $48,000 a year, or over 10 years, $4.8 million. Okay. Okay. All right. uh, Touche, sir. Touche. $4.8 million. And if they were depositing that into a savings account, because I did this math too, if they were depositing that $400 a month, uh, well, actually, times a hundred into a savings account, they'd actually end up with five point six million over that ten-year period because of interest. So that's pretty good. You split three ways. That's that's pretty good take. Yeah, yeah, right on. So, uh, 
I I will say, uh, so I get that this therapist meeting, like, it seemed a little unnecessary to me, but I get that, you know, the meeting itself, like, needed to be there because that was the tipping point of the whole change of thinking for Peter, right? But why did the therapist have to die? Like, like, why did the therapist have to die to get his point across? Like, I felt like the therapist could have lived and the and the story still could have worked. Like, yeah, yeah I mean... I don't know if they really killed him off. I guess they did kill him off, but um, he could have just gotten taken away in a hospital. We don't see him again. They didn't really have to kill the guy. But I think the point was that he hypnotizes Peter and then there's no way for him to come back from it is, is the point of that scene. Mm, okay. I will say, right. um, I will say, however, uh, cause at one point they, uh, they, um, they asked this question or I think Peter asked this question, uh, the, you know, he wishes that he could just forget about work when he gets home. And we have it magic at our watch bar, and he made a very good point that there's actually a solution to that severance. <laughs> yeah, Which, I'll argue that that's kind of possibly what happened. So if you if you watch that scene and you watch the scenes right after, so that's that's the big scene where uh, you've got a uh, damn feels good to be a gangster, and Peter's walking around and you know yeah. not giving a shit about work and everything, and they intersperse shots with him on the lake with Lawrence and his girlfriend, Joanne fishing. So mm. I was thinking about this because this scene always bothered me too, is that Peter wished that he um, didn't basically just didn't care about work and didn't go anymore. And I was like, well, then why is he going to work? And my wife pointed out, maybe it's not that he doesn't go to work. It's that he goes to work. And the entire time he's at work, he's fantasizing about fishing with Lawrence and Joanne. Mm. Okay. So maybe it is kind of a severance deal. Yeah, 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 because, yeah, and, and I will say, too, because, because, uh, yeah, no, Severance, if you have not watched Severance, go freaking watch it. It's on Apple TV+. Plus. It is probably one of the best series I've ever watched, ever. And, uh, and actually, I will take this opportunity to say, if you want to hear me talk about Severance, I actually did so with tom and brian on core killers which i'm i'm so giddy i get to say that <laughs> so go <laughs> check out my episode of uh spoiler in time that i was on uh where we talk about severance if you want to hear more about yeah. that but that was a good episode yeah but everyone needs to go see that series man it is so good man so good have you seen severance um i i started it and then it got sidetracked and i need, i just definitely do go back and watch oh it again, so yes I'll you need to get back into it you need to get back into it i'm telling you i think i got like one and a half episodes in and i was just too tired to finish the second episode and then got distracted oh yeah no it, too, it, too much stuff is coming out again yeah 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 no it get, it gets it gets so much better no yeah definitely pick it up pick it back up yeah. it's really good um uh, by the way, you mentioned the damn it feels good to be a gangster. Like that yeah. that whole sequence was like really good too. Like I I'll, I'll yeah. just I'll just point that out too. <laughs> so so good. Such a good Oh yeah, that 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 whole thing and, and he's just no no fucks given going around it. And like I said, it it could be that he's kind of separating work and, and this fantasy of fishing and everything. I will say I'm gonna shoot myself in the foot here because at one point he sits down at his desk and starts gutting a fish. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. um, clearly he is fishing and then coming to work. And so, but yeah, it's, it's, if, if you were to do that, and you've got these, these in your notes, not to not step on you, but if you were to do that in an office like this, I would think, yeah, you'd probably just get fired flat out. But, right. 
right? Uh, yeah, no, just... that was easily my biggest gripe of this movie. Like, like, do, do you mind? Can I rant for a second on this? Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. easily my biggest gripe of this movie is the fact that is the fact that Peter not just just doesn't immediately get fired after he skipped work, does that thing with the fish, basically flips off his boss. Like he does all of this, like he's in his fuck the world stage, like, and he does all of these things and like, he he doesn't get fired. Like if this were me and I did this, my ass would be in the unemployment line the second I fucked up like this. Like, no, not Peter though. He's promoted to management because that makes fucking sense. And that is the difference between a restaurant job and a corporate job, because it is hard to get fired at a corporate job. It really is. I mean, unless you do something like, oh, I don't know, burn the building down and get caught. (laughs) Yeah, no, that would probably be an insta of fire if you did that. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But other than that, it's it's honestly hard, especially if if with the bobs in there. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they just put a hold on everything while the bobs come in and assess, and then they are the ones who are actually firing people. So. Um, yeah, it's that's that's the only thing I can mm-hmm. really uh, say about that scene is that, um, yeah, it's hard. It's it feels good to be a gangster. Definitely. Mm-hmm. It's hard to get fired at a corporate job. And uh, maybe the Bob's had something to do with that. I'm not really sure. Mm. OK, OK, fair enough. I will. I do. I do have some phrases, too, that I want to say. Uh, for example, you 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 alluded to it a little bit. But the fact that um, when Peter <laughs> does have those conversations with the with the consultant and how like he's just casually hanging out with them. And it's like, Hey, good luck with the firings. Like, and it's like, it's like he knew right away that that's what they were brought in for. And they just like admit it, admit to it. Like that was great. Oh yeah. Uh, John McGinley, uh, uh, Dr. Cox from, uh, from scrubs, of course, he, he does a great job in that role. And and when uh, Peter's talking about how he comes in 15 minutes late and he stares at his desk for, for an hour doing absolutely nothing, but it looks like he's working and he's just going off and, and he's just sitting there just like, Oh my God, this is amazing. It's like, it's like watching an octopus flip burgers or something. I don't know. Like he's just <laughs> like, like taken by Peter, you know, just like amazed and just yeah. go on, keep, keep talking. Like, yeah. I mean, you'd think again, you'd think he'd get fired immediately for talking to someone like that, but he's just so like amazed at, at the words that are coming out of his mouth that he, he yeah. wants him to go on and on and on. I will say, though, um, like I mentioned in uh, in the waiting episode in my last restaurant job, we we actually were allowed to cuss in the kitchen like that was very much allowed, which was which was a which was definitely a um, a departure from what I was used to in terms of, uh, you know, work at a job. So. So, yeah, mm-hmm. no, I so I can I can definitely see that for sure. Um, By far, though. My favorite part, and I'm sure everyone else's favorite part of the whole movie, is when they take that copier and just destroy it, just like smash it with a baseball bat, and yep. and it, it, that easily has to be the best scene of the whole film. This is probably the most iconic scene in the film, and it's just it's they go full on like Goodfellas on it. Just uh, it's just put together so well. The music's perfect. The 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 angles of the shots are perfect. Um, in fact, I, I I encourage anybody to go on YouTube and uh, do a Google search or a YouTube search for office space printer reenactment. Mm-hmm. There are dozens and dozens and dozens of people who have reenacted yes. it shot for shot. It's just a, 
Yeah, I I, uh, I saw a uh, I saw a sketch where somebody did it with a router once, and yeah, mm-hmm. no, like it, like it, when I saw when I and by the way, it was the same mannerisms and everything. Like they copied mm-hmm. the mannerisms even from the movie, and so when I saw that, I'm like, oh, that's the sketch. I re- I know that. <laughs> I know where that yeah. comes from now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. It's so great. Even uh, down to Michael Bolton's just like. He's taking the bat to it, and then he he throws the bat away, and he's punching it with his fists. And you're like, "Oh, that's got to hurt on your knuckles." And then the mm-hmm. other two, you know, Samir and, and uh, Peter, pull him off. He's like, "Okay, okay, I'm okay, I'm 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 good." And they're like, "Okay, you're good." They let go of him. He he lunges for the yeah, he lunges for like, it again. Yeah, need to get one more shot in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so. so- we are running a little long here, but I do want to wrap All up right. with this because I didn't, there wasn't really a good place to put this in the, in the entire doc. So we'll end with this. We talked about it. A, we talked about Lawrence a lot throughout the episode, but, uh, but Peter's neighbor, Lawrence, I feel like is simultaneously the best roommate ever while also being the worst roommate ever, because the walls are so thin at the apartment. Like he could hear your entire conversations, which I will say for me, I do also, I live in an apartment as well. I know that feeling of very thin walls, Uh, but good thing for Peter though, is that Lawrence isn't a narc. So, so, you know, you gotta, you gotta take your wins there. (laughs) Yeah. Lawrence is a great character played by uh, Dietrich Bader. And uh, I first saw him in the Drew Carey show back in the nineties. And he plays like a, a tall, linky, goofy character on that. So to see him in this in 1999 as this like, tough guy with the handlebar mustache and uh talking about like what the fuck two girls at the same time kind of a thing if i had a million dollars yeah uh, that was such a departure from what he usually played it was great though oh yeah yeah character. yeah no they had the mustache was uh, the mustache was like it, of course your neighbor would have like would just be a guy with a mustache and like yeah no that's just of course, right? <laughs> oh yeah, and you can't you can't choose who you live next to. So of course you've got the the software engineer nerd and, and Peter living next to this like construction worker guy with the yeah. handlebar mustache. So yeah, I've I've lived in that apartment building too, definitely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's wrap it up with our ratings, Preston. Let's give a final rating: thumbs up, thumbs down. What do you give this movie a rating? Oh, it's got to be two two big thumbs up. Uh, for mm-hmm. me, I, like I said, I've seen it at least 15 times going on 20. Um, it's, it's not quite a yearly watch for me, but, you know, I'll, I'll throw it on in the background if I'm working on something and kind of have it on. But I, I yeah, it was good to sit down and watch it again for this podcast and actually pay attention and mm-hmm. and laugh at jokes that I, I, you know, maybe didn't catch the last time around. It's such a good movie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yep, I am going to give this movie a thumbs up as well. They made a movie about working an office job entertaining, which I'm sure is no easy task. And they pulled it off splendidly. So I, uh, yeah, massive thumbs up from me. I enjoyed this movie mm. a lot. So, all right. Well, thank you so much, Preston, for being on the show. This was such an awesome conversation. Uh, if folks want to see what you got going on, tell the good people where they can find you. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter, uh, twitter.com slash biocow, B-I-O-C-O-W, or biocow.com if you want to see some of the silly tools and games I've put together for various things for various podcasts. And then, of course, uh, showbot t- show, excuse me, showbot.tv uh, is my main uh, little baby um, uh, 
pet project that I've got running. Uh, if you have a podcast or or any other need for uh, collecting a list together uh, where people can vote on things, uh, check out Showbot. Right on. Yeah, I know. And and Showbot TV is such a useful tool. Like I, all, it, a bunch of content creators that we know use it. So it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a great tool. And uh, yeah, a, yeah, super awesome to get you on, man. Well, we should definitely yeah, have you back on. Thanks for having me on. on. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So uh, keep in mind, everybody, that uh, I do a watch party for each of these movies that we review on this show. If you want to watch the movie with myself and fellow listeners, you can do so by joining our Discord. You can join the conversation over at discord.cinemavention.com. But if you can't make it to the party, don't you worry, because we have the watch party available on demand exclusively to the people who support over at patreon.com slash is one. You get it in your own RSS feed. And thank you so much to everyone who supports the show. Don't forget that I'm live twice a week playing games with the community on my Twitch over at twitch.tv slash is one. If you have thoughts about the movie we discussed today, go to email at cinemavention.com and send us an email and see all the previous movies we've covered on this show by heading over to cinemavention.com. They're all listed there all the way back to episode one. Music has been provided by Kevin McLeod over at incompetech.com. And I promise people we will be back next week to discuss the movie Anchorman with Sarah Lane. We will cover Anchorman. I promise we will talk about this movie. It will happen, goddammit. I'm going to make this shit happen. Until then, we'll see you next time. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. (laughs)